Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to House of Horrors. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner. Here on the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? What's up, everybody? My name is Jonathan B. Lerner with Believe in House of Horrors on the Believe Podcast Network. On this week's show, our inaugural episode, we're going to do a deep dive look into one of the most iconic, celebrated horror films of all time. Before we get started, though, I just want to kind of give you guys a little background and tell you what this show is going to be about. Every week, so therefore every episode, we'll focus in on one horror film in particular. Now, we might have a guest. If we have a guest, it'll most likely be someone who either worked on the film, is an expert on the film, or that director, something like that. They'll obviously have a specific connection to that film. In terms of what films we'll be covering, they'll all be horror films obviously, but they will span the, you know, the eras, the directors, they might be American films, they might not be American films, but they'll all be great in one way or another. I've always loved horror films. Uh, I think I say this in my bio that's up on the website, but I used to, every time I'd go to Blockbuster with my dad, which was kind of like a weekly event, I would always, and this is like at age six, by the way, I would go to the scary movie section, grab one pretty much randomly, take it home, watch it, well, put it on, be traumatized, lose sleep, vow never to watch a scary movie ever again, then go back to Blockbuster and do the whole thing over again. I'm not really sure why I did that to myself, and I'm not really sure why my parents let me rent these movies that weren't just scary, too scary for a six-year-old, but probably inappropriate in other ways as well. I mean, let's be real. But then again, I was the fifth child, the fifth of five. So by that time, they were like, eh, we don't really care. Let's be honest. That's why we we went to Blockbuster in the first place. Babysitter. The babysitter was Blockbuster. Anywho, it kind of set the foundation for what turned into a real passion for the genre. I love scary movies for a number of reasons. First of all, everyone likes getting scared. Even people who claim not to. Um, You know, on Halloween, around that time of the year, people like to go to haunted houses, do spooky hayrides, and go to scary movies because it's fun to feel scared. It's kind of a thrill, especially when when you're in an environment like a movie theater where you know it's all in good fun and there's no real danger. But number two, and this is probably the real reason, is because I've come to realize that... I mean, we all know there are hundreds of horror movies made every year. And out of the hundreds of horror movies made, there are hundreds of really, really, really horrible ones. Most horror movies are bad, let's face it. It's really difficult to make a great horror film. That's pretty obvious. And so, when a horror film does get made and it's really great, they should be celebrated, am I right? So, let's get to it right about now. Now, before we dive in, one last thing. If you enjoy this show, please remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Oh, oh, 
actually, I, I guess iTunes doesn't technically exist anymore, uh, Apple Podcasts, or whatever it's called. We're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, basically wherever podcasts are found. If you can find podcasts there, you can find us there. Follow us on Twitter. We're at B-Leave, that's capital B-L-E-A-V, podcasts. And of course, feel free to follow me. I'm at J-O-N-B as in boy, L-E-R-N-E-R, that's J-O-N, no H, B as in boy, L-E-R-N-E-R. That's my handle on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. All right, I think that's all I've got as far as housekeeping goes, so let's get into it. For our first feature, our inaugural episode, the first movie to be featured, I picked one that, more so than any other, is so closely connected to a certain spooky holiday that they actually share a name. Can you believe that? Now listen, full disclosure, I am not an enormous fan of this particular franchise. I just want to put that out there right off the jump. Now having said that, I understand the historical significance. I also understand that a lot of people like it and it did kind of create a genre. I'm talking, of course, about that 1978 hit, surprise hit, Halloween. Fun fact, this was one of the first songs I taught myself to play on the piano. Aren't I a prodigy? No, not a hard song, very repetitive. Anywho... Now let's actually, let's hold the phone for just one second. Before we really get into the meat of this film and hear from the director and all that fun stuff, one thing I kind of like to do when I can is provide, provide you guys with some fun, 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 fun facts, fun, 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 fun facts. And not about me and my piano playing skills as a kid but actual facts about the film, and there are plenty of fun ones when it comes to this film. The original title for this film was The Babysitter Murders. What? Terrible, terrible title. Glad they changed it. Also, let's see here. The entire shoot took 22 days from start to finish. They used the name Haddonfield for the town because producer Deborah Hill grew up in Haddonfield, New Jersey. Isn't that fun? Not really, but it is a fact. Also a fact, the name Sam Loomis, Dr. Loomis, that was actually the name of John Gavin's character in Psycho, one of a number of tributes to that film. And lastly, the mask Michael Myers wears is famously one of William Shatner, or more specifically, a Captain Kirk mask that the filmmakers bought, messed with, and painted white. Okay, now let's get back to the nut and bolts, the real heart of it. Halloween, yes, of course. That classic film starring a young Jamie Lee Curtis, written and directed by John Carpenter. It was it was made with a budget of $325,000 and has since gone on to make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Love it when that happens. To put that in perspective a bit, the budget for this latest iteration of the franchise, the movie that came out in 2018, was $10 million. Okay, so just under 32 times that of the original. It is interesting, though, because really, for a big-time blockbuster film with widespread theatrical release and everything, $10 million 
is still a pretty minuscule budget. I mean, think about it. The budget for Joker, it's the film starring Joaquin Phoenix, that budget was between 60 and 70 million. The movie 1917, 100 million. The Irishman, $159 million to make that 19 hour film. So, still a relatively cheap production. But I digress. Halloween. It tells the story of a, on a cold Halloween night, In 1963, a six-year-old named Michael Myers brutally murdered his 17-year-old sister, Judith. He was sentenced and locked away for 15 years. But on October 30th, 1978, while being transferred for a court date, a 21-year-old Michael Myers stole a car and escaped Smith's Grove Asylum. He returns to his quiet hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, where he looks for his next victims. Oh, dear sweet mother of God. One character we meet fairly early on is a man named Dr. Loomis. Dr. Loomis has been working with Michael ever since he was first brought in after his first murder, and he explains to the police of Haddonfield just what kind of a monster they're dealing with. It's a monster the likes of which they've never seen. I met him 15 years ago. I I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. The devil's eyes. Now, okay, let me just go in quickly and talk about why I've never been a huge fan of this film. I should be more specific. I don't mind the original. The original is fine. It's unique, and it's it's simplistic, which I like. Sometimes the simple can be the most terrifying. However, and I've made this complaint about movies already, the movie that just came out, the Halloween sequel, remake, whatever you want to call it, is the 11th film what the 11th iteration of this halloween franchise good lord that is goddamn ridiculous truly it would be goddamn ridiculous no matter what the subject matter was no matter who was in it but it's even more ridiculous when you consider the fact that they are all the same so true isn't it girls these movies are all the same i was excited to see this film It had been a number of years since I had sat through one of the films. And so I thought, you know what? This is getting all sorts of publicity and hype. 
that it's a whole new chapter. They're really kind of turning the page. Forget about all those crappy sequels. This is a direct sequel, and it's going to be something different. We're going to learn some things. It's going to see something new. We're going to experience different types of fear and a different type of Michael Myers. Wrong! We didn't. It was exactly the same. What changes from Halloween to Halloween? Almost nothing. <laughs> Almost nothing. Michael Myers, who, as we just heard, and I've described and Dr. Loomis described, he's a young boy who went ballistic, killed his sister, and then 15, 20 years later came back to kill everybody else. Here's what I've never understood. We knew Michael Myers was a psychopath, a child who didn't know right from wrong, good from bad. He had the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, pure evil. Fine and dandy, but we also understood that he was a human, was he not? Why can Michael Myers get shot, thrown off a roof, stabbed, beaten to death, burned alive? In one of the films, he even has his goddamn head chopped off, and he never seems to die. Is he not human? What is this son of a bitch? Why won't you die? That I never understood that, and that bothers me. It's like, what are we dealing with here? And also, for God's sake, he just keeps coming back with that knife. It's like, well, seriously, if I were Jamie Lee Curtis, by H2O 20 years later, if he was still coming after me and nothing I had done to that point was killing him, I would just say, fine, kill me. Let's get this over with, please. No more movies. Having said that, in 2007, Rob Zombie made a reboot of this film, not another sequel, but actually start over. Let's make the same movie all over again. And I have to say, I really liked the reboot. I haven't seen his sequel. I only saw Halloween, his Halloween that came out in 2007. But here's why I liked it. The key differences that he added were backstory and information. We got to see Michael as a young kid, not for a split second, not just on the night of those murders, but we got to see him in school. We got to see him play. We got to see him behave and interact with other people. He actually spoke. We heard his voice. That gave him, gave us a more understanding of who he is and what he had gone through and kind of how he behaved before he became a murderer. I thought it added a lot. I wish we could have some more of that in the subsequent movies, but hey, those are over and done with, and you can't change any of them now. Ironically, if you ever needed any proof that my opinion means absolutely jack squat, here it is. You know all those reasons that I just listed as to why I really liked Rob Zombie's reboot? Well, those reasons, those exact reasons, are why John Carpenter, the guy who wrote, directed, and masterminded this whole series... Those are the reasons why he hated the reboot. Isn't that great? <laughs> to be fair, John Carpenter, he, well, you'll hear him, he even admits that there are some personal reasons as to why he kind of has a clouded view of the reboot. Here he is talking to a group of students at the New York Film Academy a few years ago. He addresses not only the reboot of Halloween, but also remakes in general and why the horror genre will never die. First of all, remakes in general are popular now because of the amount of money a company has to spend 
advertising to get people in the theaters. And one way to cut through the clutter of advertising that's out there is to come with a title in recent memory that they've heard of. So, for instance, all the horror remakes, maybe maybe the, the, the thinking is, maybe you saw it with your brother when you were young on, on home video, or you've seen it on television, and we're going to update it. So it has a built-in awareness. And, God, Alzheimer's has hit me. What You asked me about uh, Rob Zombies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say nice things about him, but, you know, we did this... Uh, I thought it was, it was going to be a real cool deal for the, the History Channel, the Biography Channel, whatever that is. They, they were going to do about Halloween. I thought, ooh, that's pretty cool. Anyway, they interviewed him on that, on that biography ch- and channel, and he lied about me. He said I was very cold to him when he told me I was going to, and that he was going to make it. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said, make it your own movie, man. You know, this is yours now. Don't worry about me. I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. <laughs> he had no reason to. Why did he do it? So, frankly, uh, that will color my response to the film. Uh, if I take that away, I, I did not... I, I thought that he took away the mystique of the, of the story by explaining too much about the guy. I don't care about that. It's supposed to be a force of nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural. Knowing about that uh, was, and he was too big. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't normal. <laughs> anyway, come here. Fascinating, isn't it? You know, for all of those things John Carpenter had to point out, they're all very, very interesting. But to each and every one, I simply say, Horseshit! Michael Myers may be in John Carpenter's mind, a force of nature, a supernatural being and whatnot. But in the original movie and the first sequel, he was introduced to us as a six-year-old child, a human boy who lives with a family in a nice little house, goes ballistic, kills his sister, goes to an insane asylum, comes back and kills everybody else. Now, that's crazy, but it's not supernatural. It's just evil and crazy and what the fuck. All right, I better just get a hold of myself. Look, John Carpenter and I can just agree to disagree, right? He directs horror films, he created Halloween, and I am me. Anywho, I do maintain. While the first two movies in this series were very good and very well made and original for what they were, they did not need to make 1,700 sequels. Why? Because why would anyone need to make 1,700 sequels of anything? They wouldn't. The answer is, they wouldn't. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.